The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, Sunira Chaudhry is here, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzi is the Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. And Richard Kraus is host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Kraus. Actually, Richard, if I can start with you, I don't know if the other folks have anything to say about it, but this is in your wheelhouse. Um, I threw in the topic for round two of how all of the venues are getting noticed now for TIFF, told that the parties ain't going to be happening. And the collateral damage of that, I mean, it's everything from people who work for two weeks as cater waiters to the catering, to the limousine drivers, the fixers, the handhold, the purse holders. I mean, nobody's going to be working because the celebrities aren't coming. Yeah. What Tiff is saying is that 73% of the films that they have uh, programmed so far are international and therefore won't be affected by the SAG-AFTRA or the Writers Guild strikes. Uh, so what that implies is that there'll be plenty of people walking down red carpets and, and you'll be able to uh, meet interesting actors from around the world. But so much of TIFF's stock and trade, particularly on that first weekend, are the big glitzy parties. Is George Clooney and Julia Roberts swanning down a red carpet on King Street? And that's what gets the head Lines, that's really what gets people excited. And there is a trickle down. Uh, restaurants will be noticeably emptier and the big party circuit will be noticeably quieter. And it is uh, for a lot of people. I know uh, a limo driver uh, who once told me that he made about half the money that he makes for a year during TIFF because he just put himself on literally 24-hour rotations uh, driving uh, movie stars around. And so, yeah, it's going to cost a lot of people a lot of money, and it's unfortunate, but I don't think that this strike is going to resolve itself before TIFF. So uh, I think right now we're just looking at that cold, harsh reality. Yeah, and Robert Benzi, much like uh, Taylor Swift being a good business story for the city of Toronto, this isn't an entertainment story. This is about an awful lot of people who normally work and won't work as a result of the strike that is south of the border. Exactly. And John, it also comes after, you know, the pandemic, three years of of scaled back TIF or no TIF and restaurants are still recovering from being forced to close during COVID-19. So and to Richard's point, this is something this is a huge economic driver to our city. And one of the great things about Toronto is TIFF. And it's a shame that this a strike that doesn't really affect a lot of people directly or indirectly in, 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 in Toronto is now directly affecting them. And hopefully uh, the, uh, the, the various studios and et cetera get, resolve this. I mean, I feel for the writers. I really do. I have a lot of sympathy for them. But this is a tough, uh, this is a very tough situation. Yeah. And the actors, too. Very tough. Sanira, uh, I guess on the flip side of this, it actually means maybe people will, will watch movies. Oh. Well, yeah, I think it's a polarizing moment for sure. But, you know, I have to echo, I used to live on King West and, you know, King Street being shut down um, for TIFF and that sort of pedestrian feel for that two weeks. And even if you weren't going to see a TIFF movie, you heard about them, you heard about the celebrities coming in town, you would sort of race up to um, one of the theaters to see if you could catch a glimpse of some of the some of the starlight. And it was really an exciting time. I hope that you know something here might might turn around but of course i mean this is this is this could be a huge loss for the city but i i think it it does mean that viewers consumers like us you you, you do have to vote with your pocketbook sometimes and this is becoming a a real definitely a real issue and 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 people have to get back into theaters and back into 
to back into the 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 exercise and the rhythm of of paying for this kind of content for sure. Uh, we spoke with Bill Gekas, uh, president of Acropolis Pastries, just after the eight o'clock news this morning, and Robert Benzi, a, a beautiful portrait of his pastry shop is painted today in the Toronto Star. Um, I guess it's inevitable we're going to have to expropriate properties, but I'm not convinced, especially when I talk to someone like Bill, that we're doing it properly. Yeah, I mean, my colleague May Warren did a, did a great job putting a human face on on. I guess progress, but I mean, we we saw you know uh, the, we, we that we we all want, know that we need more transit in the city. We all know that uh, Jerry, as Jerry was saying on round one, there's a greater good at play here. Now you just have to make sure that that the people who are affected, in, including the the folks at Acropolis, are are. Uh, compensated for that. It's unfortunate, and it's it's, but it's it's the price that we all pay. I mean, I look at Little Jamaica, which has been totally devastated by the Eglinton Crosstown, and hopefully it'll bounce back. But it takes a long time. Transit projects are very very destructive to local neighborhoods, but ultimately they are they are needed, and and we all want more transit. We want to uh, tackle gridlock. So I, I think it's unfortunate side effect that, uh, of, uh, that we'll lose uh, things like the Acropolis. Yeah, and aside from the heritage value, Sunira, we come to the fact that they actually have tenants who live in rental apartments upstairs, and there is no way those people are going to find comparable properties for the same price. It's impossible. It won't happen. Yeah, and I mean, that's a really good point, John, because, you know, in this story, we hear that um, the owner here says he's been in talks with Metrolinx for 15 months and that he's offered under market value for his property. And it, I think we can all agree by reading this, this, I think, wonderfully written article that we need a place like bakeries, uh, like Acropolis, to, to stick around. And when you live in a city, bakeries and restaurants are like our community centers. They, they serve as meeting places for different generations, different backgrounds. It's where we network, where we sometimes even interview for jobs. So for sure, we do need the expansion. I agree with Benzi. But hearing that the fair market value piece is really not in the cards right now, I think that is is the biggest failure. And it's going to potentially mean that places like the Acropolis won't won't be here in 18 months. Richard Krauss, the city is full of these properties that uh, iconoclastic people mm -hmm. declined to sell. But you can't do that with expropriation. You got to sell. Yeah, you have to sell, but you should be treated respectfully while the process is happening. Um, I heard your interview uh, with Bill uh, earlier today, uh, Bill Gekas, and I'll tell you, you know, the radio silence from Metrolinx on this after, you know, months of, of trying to negotiate with them, of trying to figure out what to do, uh, would be enraging to me. And I know that this is going, it's a done deal. It's going to happen. We need the transit. We, we have to do this. But but I do think that in planning uh, the city and moving forward, we really have to be careful about heritage places and heritage neighborhoods and trying to protect them because we're losing them at a, a rate that is unprecedented uh, in my years here in the city. Uh, everything's being torn down, it seems like. Uh, places that have been here forever that really uh, provide, you know, part of the, of the fabric of the city are disappearing and being 
replaced by ugly buildings uh, with retail in the bottom. That's all coffee shops and and you know other chain stores and that sort of thing. And we need to protect uh, the city to keep it vibrant, uh, to keep it alive. We need to protect Greek Town. We need to protect Kingsden Market. We need to make sure that these places survive because if not, uh, this is going to be one even more sterile city than it already is. One last note on this file is that sometimes properties are expropriated as staging areas. And so they demolish buildings and they park the backhoe there for seven years. And then the property is available, well, not the property, but the land is available again. Um, let's move on to the world of music, shall we? Uh, they've put together a best of package for Queen and they've left out fat bottomed girls. noting it's not like the song has been banned this is a collection of queen tunes that's designed specifically for kids and they just decided fat bottomed girls might be inappropriate is that a little too presbyterian for you sanira uh well i have a two-year-old so i probably you know i i think i i, might, I think i'm on the side here of maybe some of the lyrics here are a bit naughty john yeah little naughty and my son's a parrot at the moment so anything he hears he's repeating <laughs> yeah so i'm <laughs> I'm I'm for this one and not making it to the this sort of children's platform because I don't want my son going to preschool and saying something he should. Okay, Richard Krause, that's kind of a persuasive argument because I don't well, know if you want to see a kid marching around singing "Fat Bottom Girls." <laughs> well, I I don't know exactly how old I was when this came out, but I was in my early teens, and my grandmother uh, for Christmas bought me this record. Uh, I put it on a list, I suppose, of things that I wanted, and uh, some of the lyrics are a little offside. And you got a poster uh, inside the album <laughs> that was naked women riding bikes bicycles through the streets of London. And uh, it just sent shockwaves through my family. My grandmother's hair turned whiter than you know it was before I opened the, the record. Uh, but I don't have a huge problem with this being taken off Yoto. Uh, it's for 12, it's for three to 12 year olds, that service. Uh, and frankly, uh, you can find this song very easily at a thousand other places. Uh, that it's not on a service for kids doesn't upset me that much. Okay. And Sunira, just And I'm sure we... my grandmother would agree. Yeah. Just before we go to Robert Benzie for his thoughts on this one, I was thinking if your kid is repeating everything they hear, then do not watch Shameless or The Wire at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Benzie. Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I, I had a flashback to my own teen years when Richard mentioned that poster because I remember it being in the. It was like I guess a gatefold, uh, uh, a double album or whatever. Yep. The greatest hits in that poster with the yeah the uh, the naked uh, women on bicycles, which is really pretty obvious, I guess, for uh, for that kind of a for the for the, the time, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, children. There are lots and lots of pop music lyrics that I don't. I wouldn't want kids, uh, Sanira's son's age, listening to, or even kids older than that. I just think that it's it's up to parents to keep a to keep an eye on what their kids are, are listening to because they are absorbing. There, there are some lyrics. I remember my kids when they were little singing some Taylor Swift lyrics that I was kind of like, guys, really? like there was some song about I I was a little hungover when I when I met you at the airport or something, and I was like, what? And they're like 
five years old singing this and i'm thinking uh, i don't know if that's something i really want you listening to kids but anyway yeah well i remember being at a john mayer concert and there was an eight-year-old girl standing on her seat dancing singing your body is a wonderland (laughs) 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 thank you all good to have you um sunira chaudhry robert benzi and richard krauss a great round table and nice to tackle some silly topics once in a while and get a laugh because everything is so serious in our lives these days. Keep it right here. Jerry Agar is going to be here next. And uh, my thanks to Mike Catherwood and Joe Cristiano for their work on the show today. We'll all be back bright and early tomorrow morning. <laughs>